Hey you. Yeah, you listening there in your car or in your headphones or wherever it is that you're listening. Thank you so much. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have this show. A special thank you to everybody who supports the show on Patreon. If you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. There's a link in the show description. Oh, hey, and why I have your attention, why don't I tell you about the new record that's coming out on Mystery Circles, Podular Modcast and Friends, featuring Lisa Belladonna, Daedalus, Sarah Bell Reed, Space Racer, Lemon Jaya, and then me remixing the whole thing. All of the proceeds go to charity. We are donating them to Mary's Place, which helps women, children, and families out of houselessness. So yeah, not only are you getting cool music, but you're supporting a good cause. The pre-order is live. There are only 100 copies, and there definitely aren't 100 left at this moment. So if you want a copy of it, you can head over to mysterycircles.bandcamp.com. There will be a link for that in the show description as well. I would also like to say thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of the show. If you would like to uh, go synth shopping, I highly recommend you head to Patchworks uh, because they have like one of the coolest stores I've ever been into. Not just because it's full of synths, but the actual just the layout's great they've got you know all the different sections of different type of gear you can try out all sorts of stuff Um, and if you're not in the pacific northwest you can always head to patchworks.com that's p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com for all your synthesizer needs i do a lot of uh window shopping on uh on on patchworks.com if i'm going to be honest um but i i usually try to go in there if i'm going to pick something up the last few things that i got there uh my hydrosynth which i like a whole lot the cp reface from yamaha one of my favorite little pieces of gear i've ever had it's so much fun um and of course they have all the modular stuff so once again that's patchworks.com p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com and finally, I would also like to thank After Later Audio for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Uh, they have such great stuff. It's I can't really say they because I also work there. And uh, yeah, it's so much fun to get to test these modules and then learn how to use them well enough to make videos. Speaking of, we got our YouTube channel up and running and there's a bunch of really great uh, videos about the Peaks and the Dead, Man catch, Dead Man's Catch uh, alternate firmware for Peaks, which just really opens it up and you know so many cool modes on there um and then there's a really good Benjolin uh like that that was like writing a scientific paper that one um so i'd love it if you check that out and i'm currently working on an ornament and crime video that will cover both of the firmwares so uh yeah head over to afterlateraudio.com to see what kind of cool stuff is going on there let's get into the show Welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name's Tim, and I'm very excited to bring you this episode with Marie Ann Hedonia this week. Um, I'm sure you know who Marie is because she's popping off on Instagram. She makes like crazy patches with a lot of modules that have a lot going on, but she knows how to like make it work. I, I can't use that many modules at once and have it be as concise and succinct as Marie. So we're going to talk a bit about her process amongst other things. Before we get into that, um, 
of course, you know by now about uh, the new Mystery Circles compilation album, Podular Modcast and Friends, that just came out. Well, the pre-order started. And I mentioned it a little bit in the the intro. Uh, But yeah, I'm just so excited that it's out. So please go to mysterycircles.bandcamp.com. Link in the show description for that. And yeah, sorry about the double plug right up front. But the reason I bring it up mainly is because I... uh, I'm in the process of making music videos for all of my remixes, and I'm finished with three of them. I've got two more to make, so those are on the Podular Modcast website. Um, yeah, I'm just having a lot of fun with video, and uh, just just really uh, fancying myself a little short filmmaker these days. Uh, so I'd really appreciate if you could go check all that out. What else? Oh, I got to be on the other side of some questions recently. Big thanks to Andrew Palmer for inviting me on the Bandcamp Gallivant Show uh, on KOWS 92.5 FM. Uh, He sent me a bunch of really fun questions to answer um, and asked me to submit some tracks. So I actually uh, had him play one of Cat Breath's tracks and then I submitted one of my own pieces. Uh, And you can download that or listen to it online um, and I'll put a link in the show description for that as well it was a lot of fun it's a pretty cool show i feel like there's more to say but i I can't go on until i acknowledge that yes while i am trying to speak high energy i'm trying to do it at a low volume that's because we had a crazy crazy wind squall today at the house and it knocked the power out and then i had to go to my teaching gig so i couldn't finish recording the episode and right now my wife is sleeping in the other room so i'm trying not to disturb her so that's why um, i'm talking the way that I'm talking right now. Uh, I hope it's working. It's working for me. I'm having fun with it, you know? Um, what else do I got to tell you? I pulled a boxwood out the other day, Hannah and I did. It was, uh, it was kind of fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing yard work, which I was kind of dreading with this whole house, but I knew my wife, Hannah, the horticulturalist, uh, was going to want to do a bunch of yard work. And I was like, oh no, she's going to need help. And of course I have to help her because it's my house and she's my wife and I love her. And uh, I'm having a great time doing it while I'm on the topic of conversation of my wife. That was terrible grammar. I'm very sorry. I just want to say congratulations to my wife, Hannah. She got a new job recently. She is going to be the head horticulturalist at the Pacific Science Center in Seattle. She will be picking out and nurturing the plants that are going to be in the tropical butterfly room. If you've been to the Pacific Science Center, you know what this is. It's amazing. It's this 80-degree little miniature jungle that you get to walk around, and uh, butterflies fly around you and might even land on you. So, yeah, Hannah's going to be starting that new job pretty soon. So I'm very excited for her and... uh, if you, if you know Hannah, some of you out there know Hannah, give her a little message. Tell her, way to go, champ. Um, I love calling people champ. So dumb. Okay, one last thing. I got to be on Tim Heidecker's Office Hours podcast, not as a guest, but as like a call-in, and I got to talk about the, uh, the Mystery Circles compilation, and uh, I got a little made fun of, but I think it was, it was all mostly good fun, and I got to talk to Jeff Parker from Tortoise, which is one of my favorite bands in the whole world, so that was pretty cool. Okay, enough about me. Let's get to know Marie Ann Hedonia. All right, we are, we're going, we're rolling with Marie. It's my sister's middle name, by the way. Oh. Um, So is this, is that, I mean, where does the real name start and the stage name begin? So Marie is actually my middle name. 
Oh, really? Okay. Okay. So that's where Marie comes from. And then the anhedonia is the inability to, to feel pleasure. And <laughs> I don't know if people think that that's my real last name or, <laughs> or what, but then once they find out like what it means, they're like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, well, that's, a, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool sounding name and I think it fits, uh, your, your voice as a musician. Um, so that's always good, right? I feel that's like naming, good. naming things is hard. That's, i it sucks for me because I, I, I'm, t I just go by Tim Held even when I release music and my last name is a past tense verb and it's a boring verb. So it's just like, I should have thought of a name, but. I don't know. I'm just no good at it, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a good, it's a good name. I mean, Tim held, it's like, well, you held something. Yeah. Held something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about, um, doing like a, a doom metal album, like a doom yeah. synth album, like, like sun, but with, with, uh, synths. And I was thinking I would call that, I would go by Serac. Cause that sound that would just look good in that death metal font, yeah. and it um it's just like a big chunk of ice on a glacier. Um, I mean, honestly, like you could just change your name. Like I was Modular Marie for a while. I thought that was lame. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember that. I think I remember. Were you you were that on Instagram? Yeah, I was that on Instagram, and then I was like, let me just let me change it to this. <laughs> or someone takes it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because like I, I kind of recognize your surroundings from all of your um, your uh, Instagram videos and you look like it looks like you kind of live in a synth shop. You know what? <laughs> I, at this point, I kind of feel like that's not that's not too far fetched. I mean, I have people are like, how do you get all this stuff? And I'm just like, I'm not rich. I'm in my basement. <laughs> like, this is pretty much what we spend our money on. We're two people. Mm -hmm. Don't have any kids, so. Um, but yeah, I I think, I think now getting into the kind of moving away from like acquiring synths all the time, and now like acquiring like audio, pro audio gear, mm -hmm. like the the compressors and the EQs and things like that. So we can start actually like mixing people's music and then maybe have people come and record music because Baltimore is such a, I don't know, there's such a lack of any kind of, it's not that it doesn't exist, but I feel like the electronic music scene isn't really like a big thing here. Yeah. It seems like it's something starting to coalesce out there between uh, Baltimore and like um, in DC, they're relatively close, right? Yeah. Um, seems like there's a, I, I keep seeing more and more people that I've known or talked to start to show up in the same pictures at the same places and stuff. So that seems cool. But like, it takes, it takes ideas like the one you just said to, to further that thing. So that's for cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think that people like Synthador and POB, they're like trying to get the ball rolling in DC and, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to figure out how to get something really going in Baltimore. Well, hopefully now as the weather gets better and, uh, you know, apparently COVID's over, um, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think something that I really, uh, one of the, the main things or one of the, the reasons that kind of like made me want to ask you to come on was, uh, you have, you have a lot of gear, but it, you very clearly know how to use it. And I feel, I feel like I see people with a lot of gear who don't maybe fully, there's more of a gas syndrome. I mean, I've, I've been guilty of that. I, I'm a little guilty of that myself, like right now with the amount of stuff I have. Um, and what I have to what I actually use with like, yeah. even when I'm building in the studio, it seems to be, you know, there's a lot more than I'm actually using. And it seems like you, you use like, a, you have a huge setup and you use a lot of it in, um, and you make a lot of music. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get into with you is just like, I want to talk about your, your process, uh, live and recording, if there is a difference and all of that, um, but before we get into that, that's just a little foreshadowing. When did you get into music? What grabbed you? Was there a certain synth or a certain artist at what age? So when I was a kid, I wanted to play the piano mm -hmm. and I took piano lessons and like every year there was, um, this kid or no every recital. And I don't know the recitals were like quarterly or something. He would bring in this keyboard and it wasn't like my keyboard it was like different you know it was i know now it's a synth mm -hmm. and but i didn't know what it was and i was interested in it because it was so different and i was like mm -hmm. eight years old and he had all all this guy ever played was the x-files theme <laughs> he found it he found his niche he found his, his thing <laughs> yeah I, might have been the only song that he could play and he would play that thing for like 10 minutes <laughs> not a 10 minute song just hoping hoping that somebody new would walk by and be like hey is that the x-files theme yeah definitely <laughs> i mean it wasn't like there were like new people ever there <laughs> he's sitting at home playing it right now listening like oh i'm still if you are the x-files guy and you're out there um thank you because you know i'd yeah so that's pretty early so you're playing piano and you like playing piano or wanted to play piano and then you see this kind of like i imagine as a kid's perspective kind of like a hot rod version of a piano or something yeah and like the memory is kind of blurry now but um also remember like an early thing was uh an assembly at school these people brought this like digital harp in and I don't mm. know why they needed to have a whole assembly for it, but I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And um, they picked like five kids to like touch the harp. And I was like, not one of the five. Oh, rough. Uh, uh. Yeah. And so now it's like, I, I don't care about the harp anymore. Like I'm not on a lifelong quest to find the harp. Like that's some <laughs> kind of mythical journey or something, but I... I don't know. I mean, always, always kind of like wanting to have these forays into electronic music, like on my digital piano, I would like turn the tuning up and down or like try to do some kind of synth thing to it, but didn't really have the vocabulary to like ask about synths or, mm -hmm, drum machines mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, and like nobody in my family really played music. So there wasn't like ever a music mentor until um, I met my husband who's really into like guitars and I had 
absolutely no interest in guitar. So, you know, he would play the guitar and I think eventually he wanted to start making his guitar sound like a synth. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, okay. Like going to this place called Music Go Round. Um, and he went, you know, he would look at guitars and I would go over to their used synth section. And I remember finding like a micro Korg and like really digging it. Such really. a, so many stories begin at the micro Korg. Uh, yeah, it seems <laughs> like that's like everybody's first synth. It's, it's like such a great first synth, and it's something that I, I forgot who I was just recently talking to, but they said it was one of their first synths, and it's still in their, I think it was Cat Breath, still still in their uh, studio and still gets use. It's a great little synth. It really is. I didn't. I had no idea how to use it. I was trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to like make a sequence on it. Like I was just totally just using the presets. Didn't know how to use it. Didn't know. I knew where all the notes were. Mm-hmm. You know, I played piano, but not really music theory didn't know about anything else and then like two days later um i think it was like valentine's day we were listening to a lot of mind sign at that time okay i'm not familiar he's like part of the la beat scene kind of like i think in like flying lotuses kind of like okay Uh so uh really was like oh man i want to make like music like this so like two days later he got the the machine software so Mm. We were using that in our tiny little apartment and it was perfect because we didn't have a lot of space at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got a sub 37 and a profit eight. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah. Let's so, jumping right in. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he was like, Oh, you like the micro Korg? Like you want to do this? Like let's, let me just go out and just get these things. So, I mean, I think it was like a shared kind of discovery of like electronic music and making things and kind of figuring out my style of making music. And obviously it's a lot different, like making it on the machine stuff Mm -hmm. using like a MIDI controller, but it it was helpful in kind of figuring out like totally yeah, just making something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I did the same with just some like um, logic soft sense and like massive and, you know, I, I, you know, exactly. Just kind of gives you the idea of like how, you know, just like you said, the vocabulary, I think is really good to learn from that. Yeah. And I definitely think that there's a lot of like free stuff now that you can get that would kind of emulate that. So it's Mm -hmm. like a try before you buy kind of thing, but definitely, especially like VCV rack, if you're wanting to get into modular or something. Yes. Yes. And getting into the synths and, and making music that way. And uh, starting with like a complete like interface that just had the two, mm-hmm. the two and, and now um, having like the X16 and like the Neve preamps and everything. Oh, wow. You have a Neve preamp, nice. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll talk about that later. But But starting small and figuring it out and then what was the next job? Oh, and then we bought a house. So then we had like more room. Mm-hmm. So our basement became the place where we put all this stuff. Um, so you could throw a hell of a party down there. It looks like you have like a bar built in and stuff. You know what? <laughs> the people before us, they had a fireplace, which for some reason they didn't actually vent outside. They actually had like one of the vents was going through the fireplace vent. And so it was like, um carbon monoxide could come through oh that's lovely and, and the <laughs> home instructor was like yeah you're gonna want to like get that closed off so 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't use that fireplace unless we want to die. So. Was it decorative or did they plan to use it or did they reroute some? That sounds crazy. Oh, they used it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So they were definitely like not, I don't know. I mean, I guess it wasn't that bad because they, yeah. they used it and um, <laughs> they didn't die. We just but. bought a house in November. It's pretty funny and fun to see like the weird shit that you start to notice. Um, the weirdest thing that I've noticed at our house, and, it, and we were here for two months before I noticed it, mm -hmm. we have this like old shack in the back, right? And there's the neighbor's fence is right at, at the end of our yard, and then we can see into their backyard and then their house. And we were outside one day working in the yard, and I looked up, and on the, on the neighbor's side of the roof, uh, like, hold on, how do I explain this? On the roof of our shed, closest to the neighbor's fence, is this like pole with yeah. two floodlights with like a motion detector pointed right in their backyard, which is just like the weirdest, most aggressive move. There's no power to the that shed anymore, so the yeah. lights don't work. But it's just like, what the fuck was that for? No, <laughs> like, that's like 100% just their yard. <laughs> yeah, it, that light, the lights don't point anywhere on my our property. It's directly like, and no motion on our property would set it off. I don't know if maybe they had a deal with like the neighbors, the, the previous tenants, like, hey, our kid keeps sneaking out. So can you put this like flood lamp? Um, I don't know. Cause I can't, it's just insane to me, but. Yeah. People are weirdly territorial. Yeah. Well, that's like that's aggressively like, like yeah. annexing their yard with light. <laughs> Not necessary. <laughs> Sorry. That was a massive detour, but I'm, I'm glad I got to tell that story because I think it's crazy and I haven't shared it with too many people. <laughs> I, I just want to know, like, did the, like, I need to know why now I think you need oh, to know Oh, me too. Why. Yeah. The people we bought the house from actually live next door, but they're, they're winter. What do they call them? Snow bunnies or winter birds or something that they go to warm places for the, the winter. So the, oh. they will, they will be back next month. So I'm going to definitely be like, what's up? What's up with that? Well, yeah. I mean, I hope that they don't start shining lights on your property. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. We just love this house. So they could be total nightmares and we would, we just don't know yet. You know, like we, we like move into this house and get settled and we're like, Oh, this is great. And then they come back and they're, Oof. but well, anyways, <laughs> it'll probably just leave you alone. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> So you guys just like, you die, you, you dive into, you get in the hardware sense. And, and that's something I wanted to ask. Cause you know, starting off on, um, with, with soft sense, especially space wise, and just, you know, it's just like pretty convenient. You can use the same MIDI controller for a bunch of different things. Like mm -hmm. what was it about hardware that it seems like, I mean, it seems like you have a, a preference for hardware. I feel like it's probably one of those hot topics or things that people would argue about, but I just think that they sound better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I mean, not, not like hating on soft sense or whatever. Like I definitely like the C15 is, is a digital synth and the people that made nonlinear labs are the, is the same guy that, you know, created the machine software. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, soft sense, hardware sense, I don't know. And it's also like really cool. I can't work on a computer. Like if I'm going to edit a video or if I'm going to edit something, um, I don't know, 
kind of I just hate working on a computer. So mm. it just feels like clicking a mouse and doing that. It just doesn't feel like I'm really making music. I like to actually yeah. push this. Yeah. I, I mean, I edit, I do like my, my mixing and like video editing on a computer, but like, I like, I, a mouse certainly doesn't feel like an extension of my creativity or anything, you know, it's just kind of yeah. like, that's what, what's there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I don't really use any, I use like, um, some plugins, compressors, limiters, EQs, you know, that's, that's almost it. I sometimes I'll put a little reverb on a final mix if I think it's a little lacking or something. Um, but yeah, there's something about the tactile interfacing with it that feels like I'm actually doing it. Like, like I've been starting, I've been painting and drawing a lot lately. And my friend showed me on her iPad, this, this thing called uh, procreate. And it's just yeah. like the most amazing software, but it's like, I don't know. I like to have the physical stuff. I don't know what that is with me. You know what's funny is that I'm like the opposite. So I like want to have all these hardware synths and want to touch <laughs> everything. But then I used to do oil paintings and I used mm -hmm. to paint and do these huge paintings. But I got an iPad just just to use Procreate. And now I only make art on there. But I think it's because like when I oil paint, I go like all in. I am yeah. in paint and I need mm -hmm. to take a shower afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's truly a mess. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll just use this. So. I think I'm going to end up in Procreate for reasons like that. And also it's just so expensive to to like keep buying materials and yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting paint on the new table downstairs and my wife's like, I didn't, we didn't buy this, this table to cover in paint. And I'm like, I know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, as soon as like we bought a house, it was like, Oh, I have a room for my studio and um, I'm going to get paint on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely paint all over the floor. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Um, so I'm, I want to ask you about your, your process, because first of all, just, just like as a, as an opener for this topic, I think you, it's very clear that you're like, you're a very good synthesis, not only tech wise, like you, it's, this is the, this is the impression that I get. Um, tech wise, you'd clearly understand the gear that you're using, which I think a lot of, you know, but you also make really good music with it. And I think there, there's sometimes people are more weighted in one or the other. And I feel like you, you have a good, um, it's, it seems like you have a really good mixture of the two things because you're very, it seems like you're very prolific. Um, and you build really big complex stuff. It seems like, like as far as patches go, yeah, like I'm mold, like lots of stuff going on at once. I definitely feel like my, Oh my God, where do I start? Um, <laughs> my process. And I think that it's almost like, do you ever like try to memorize a phone number and like, you can't recall it just talking to someone, but when you look at the screen, you can recall the phone number because the screen's there. Like, I feel that way about the modular sense. Like, if I have a specific module and I know how to use it, like, I feel like I could possibly teach you how to use it. But I feel like 
teaching people about like other modules that I've never used before is like really, really difficult. I don't mm-hmm. know, like if some people are just like, oh, you know, I can teach you about any module just by looking at the front of it or whatever. Um, I guess that's kind of like what Loop Pop does, but he does a lot of really id figures it out beforehand mm-hmm. and reads the manual, et cetera. I don't like to read manuals at all. Me neither. <laughs> I only, I just jump in and I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And um, as I go, I like to discover things. I mean, it keeps things interesting. Like I know the Metropolis, which I have, has an extremely thick um, manual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't looked at it once except to, figure out how to clock it which yeah two seconds Um, yeah right yeah (laughs) so i think when i first started the modular stuff there was no consulting manuals um it was just like let's make sure that we're plugging this in right um and then let's go ahead and just plug stuff into each other Mm -hmm. and you know the, the first couple of things that i made were not very good obviously but knowing that as you go, you'll get better and listening to other people and you'll get better. And I think that like when I sit down, when I first sat down, I really didn't know what things did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I knew that I had to plug in an oscillator to an audio source. Um, but I, it was just a lot of like plugging things in and figuring things out. You know, I felt really successful when I didn't have any like drum modules at first. I felt really good when I like made it a uh, kick drum out of the giant old cubic chord module. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember that. I was that. so proud of myself. I was like, oh, oh. I, I can play synths. <laughs> and then eventually, like getting drum modules, and um, that was like the completion element of it, like getting those. And it really felt like I could actually make a song and getting the Hermod, like it actually mm, felt like mm-hmm. I could make a song. Um, so just keep playing like the same thing over and over again. Um, so as for my process now, just being able to experiment, um, some people like ask me, they're like, I feel overwhelmed by all this stuff, you know, and I kind of just say like, you know, you can't, you just have to experiment. If you feel overwhelmed, that means that you're probably not having fun and you need to take a step back and just kind of like realize that this is, it's not a life or death situation. (laughs) It's kind of weird. If you're making sound, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually going to ask how you don't get overwhelmed because watch it, like looking at your setup. um, Yeah. I'm just like, that's a, that's a, it's a big setup and there's lots of chords and um, that's so it's not surprising that you've been asked that question by other people before. Um, And, and then kind of like along that vein, do you have kind of a, um, Let's see, for lack of a better word, kind of like a, a like a a basic structure that you follow when you build. Like, do you start with bass lines or drums or anything? Because I feel like you, I'm not saying your songs don't all sound the same, of course, but they sound like you. And I feel mm-hmm. like you have you have a a a theme that you kind of go with as far as like seems like you you always have like um a pretty fleshed out drum part that has some cool fills and variations in it. And then, um, you know, a bass line and maybe a couple different lead lines and then some really cool, you do really good stuff with effects. Um, so yeah, do you do like, do you have like a, 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 an order that you go in with that or is it vary from patch to patch? 
It definitely varies, but I mean, you're right. It usually starts with the bass okay. or it starts with the drums. Um, I'll usually just pick out a module. Like sometimes I'll feel like, oh, I have the, the foundation oscillator. I haven't used this for a while. Let's like, you know, utilize this and I'll start with that. And um, really been liking using the ground control from Endorphins mm -hmm. because it has a keyboard. Um, it's super easy to use. It's like there's zero menu diving. It's just like very intuitive. Like once you figure it out. Um, so I can kind of, I, I usually use that. Like if I'm going to start, I'm going to use that sequencer to start. Um, and I might add in another sequencer, uh, like the Hermod or the Metropolis or something. Um, so it might be starting with the baseline. It might be starting with like a neglected module or, <laughs> uh, or the drums. Um, mm -hmm. and I feel like if something's not working, like if I'm using this neglected module, like maybe there's a reason it's neglected and I'll stop using it and I'll resort to the drums with baseline. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. or even the other day I, I fired up the Hermod and I had a patch already. So like track one, two, three was populated with like different instruments than what the sequence was originally. Um, and I just like pressed play and I was like, Ooh, that sounds cool. Like I had mm -hmm. a mini on bass and my drums were kind of in the same tracks. Cause I guess I go back to that every time. Um, so, I mean, that's a cool thing to do as well, kind of bringing up old sequences and just using different instruments with it, changing it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. As for like the getting overwhelmed thing, um, I think, so my cables look a mess 100% of the time, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I play shows with people and their cables are like neat as a pin. <laughs> and, um, I know I played a show with Patrick and his stuff was like absolutely immaculate. And I asked his wife, how long did it take him to do that? And she was like, two hours. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Oh my God. So, I mean, I think the overwhelmed thing, like I have like ADHD and I kind of feel like my brain is going a hundred miles per hour all the time. Mm -hmm. So, Maybe I'm just used to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I also have ADHD and I feel like I'm, I'm looking at my synth right now off camera and it's, it's a mess. <laughs> it's an absolute yeah. mess. Just the explosion of chords. And, and the layering with the, with the complex kind of things happening when I used to paint, I would always like layer it things would mm -hmm. be like a collage painting basically. So I would just like keep putting random things on top of each other that mm -hmm. kind of fit together. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I, I just think that's how my brain works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to, um, to kind of think about how, you know, just as far as self-expression goes and then, and, and, and what your voice is on a particular instrument and then being able to find that, um, which I think it's always kind of changing and we're always chasing it. Just like our personalities are always slightly changing with different interests. And as we grow older and stuff, but I, uh, that's, that's just something that I always, um, that, 
that locks in for me when I'm listening to an artist is if I can tell that it's the same person and that it feels like it's their personality in some way. And I definitely get that vibe from, from your stuff. Please pardon the interruption, but I would like to tell you about Tiny Crush Mixing. I've told you about Tiny Crush Mixing in the past, so let me give you some, uh, some quotes from the testimonials page over there at Tiny Crush Mixing. If you want someone who is technically savvy with a heart of gold, Hugo is your guy. Um, and that was said by Amulets. How about this one? The solid mixes I hear are proof that it is the right recommendation. Nathan Moody. So he's got the Moody stamp of approval and Amulets. I don't think I need to go on as far as the testimonials go, but um, how about this? Hugo has the technical side down. Have you ever heard of the SWN from 4MS? Well, he helped develop that. He's uh, contributed to a Nobel Prize winning project. He has a master's degree in, uh, you know, sound, basically, all things sound. He specializes in synth and modular music. He understands the aesthetics and challenges that come with our craft firsthand. Um, he's has his own records out on Jack Tone Records, Beacon Sound. Um, he has experience with writing and and touring. He's a label mate with Terry Riley and Amulets. He's been reviewed by Accelerator, Fact Magazine, Resident Advisor, um, and he cares about your work and vision, and he provides uncompromising quality. He gets the job done so you can focus on planning your next move, whether that's a tour, your release, PR, whatever that is. And I will say, as somebody who mixes my own music, that I don't want to mix my own music anymore. Um, I want... I want Hugo to mix my music because there's just something that is invaluable really about having a a second pair of ears on on your mix because I think a lot of the time we are too close to our own stuff. Um, so it's hard to make the right decisions and sometimes, you know, you'll work on a mix for hours and hours and get at the end and you're not even convinced that it sounds better. Oftentimes you're like, I think I made it worse. So why not just hand it over to somebody who is professional? I kind of look at it like painting your house or re-roofing your house or something like, yeah, sure, you can do it, but why not hire somebody who like, well, that's their job. <laughs> if that's their job and that's their trade, they're going to do it better than you, you know? And when you're releasing yourself, really, when you're releasing your music, you're releasing a part of yourself or soul. Don't you want it to be as accurate and solid and impactful and all other really really cool adjectives me too tinycrushmixing.com and mention that you heard about it on podular modcast for a 10 percent discount so i wanted to ask too about like clocks and sequencers like i feel like sometimes it feels like you're daring pieces to get out of time with the main timing of the track but they don't quite cross the line so it sounds kind of like this weird tension in these certain areas and then you kind of bring it back and it i don't know i i just love that like kind of like what what what's it what's it going what's it doing and then kind of coming back into a nor like into whatever quote-unquote normal is or all in the same time um well you know what's interesting is that like i feel like a lot of art is kind of subconscious mm -hmm. and i don't i don't i don't intend to do that like, yeah I guess there's an intention there, but it's not something that I sought out to do. That's, I feel like that way with modular in general, especially with like the way I'm approaching it lately. Like 
I, I know the modules that I'm using and I know generally like the sound that they're going to get. But as far as, you know, you know like I'm, I'm familiar with my modulation sources, but when I build and put stuff together, even when I'm performing it live, like in the, the videos that I do on like when I'm recording out in the wild or whatever, um, I never really know what's going to happen. Well, like I, I, this is going to affect this, but how so will it be good? You know, and I really love that about modular. I think that's what draws me to it. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day that you can't really control it 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, it, it's just unpredictable, but it's predictable enough to like be enjoyable, but un, it can honestly be as unpredictable as you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's maybe a mark of a, uh, or maybe this is this is like the the benchmark you can use for when you can say okay yeah I, I, like I'm starting to understand modular synthesis and I and I can consider myself a modular synthesis is when you, you kind of get to that point where like you know it's going to do something that's worth doing but you don't know exactly what it's going to do but it's not going to totally fuck everything up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And it's a that's a fun place to be like. Um. I don't know. I, I don't know why it keeps it more interesting for me. Maybe it's that kind of like that, uh, that ADHD thing. Um, because yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't want, like, I can't sit down and learn music theory. I keep telling myself like, I'm just going to sit down and, and learn some scales on piano. Cause like de dexterity wise, like I know triad chords, mm -hmm. you know, and I can play, like I can fool people who don't play piano into thinking that I can play piano. But if somebody who knows how to play piano hears me, they're like, you don't know how to play piano. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's like, why I don't I take the time to learn? <laughs> I guess because you would just rather do the modular. I don't know. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of like you, you were explaining with the paint. That's kind of how I approach modular. It's just like, what? Well, okay, let's add this on top of this, and then, you know, whatever your whatever idea started that was in your head when you started is to, it's totally a different thing at the end, you know. Yes. Usually, um, yeah. So, do you patch? Do you make a big, big ass patch every day? I, when I go downstairs and play, um, which is probably it's at least like four times a week. Okay. Um, I might start over and I might pull everything out or I might continue making uh, the same patch and just change it up a little bit. But okay. I, yeah, I don't, I don't make a big ass patch every day. Okay. Um, I would say at least twice a week I'm making something new and you know, you just play it and it's a time suck cause mm -hmm. <laughs> you're down there or wherever and it's like oh you know what time is it oh it's been like four hours i've just been doing this for four hours <laughs> so i've been working on this sequence for four hours yeah yeah it's definitely it's i mean i really enjoy it you know like some things it, you feel like you have to force yourself to practice like when i played piano like i felt like i was forcing myself like I don't feel like I'm forcing myself with this mm -hmm. uh, with the modular yeah. stuff like I just totally. want to do it and it's the mm -hmm. only thing that I really feel like I've consistently wanted to do and didn't feel like I had to do that's good yeah yeah I feel that way about modular and I'm starting to feel that way about drawing and painting but I I go through phases where I just like go hard on something new that I'm super into and then 
it'll fade and I won't be as into it. And I, except for with music, um, I'm hoping that's not the case with this, but yeah, that's, it's weird. There's like a modular fever. Like, like once yeah. you, once you get what it is and you want what it's got, <laughs> like there's, there's no, no getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's definitely fun. Cause there's no, there's like unlimited possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you were going to, just think about the probability of something like it's probably nearly infinite on the modular sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it depends on how much you have, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could patch something up that would never do the same thing twice, which is like right there that, that in itself, just knowing that is, is pretty wild. Um, I want to talk about um, your most recent album. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name now. Um, the inevitable collapse. That is it. Um, that album is awesome. I love the, uh, the cover art too. Thank like you. the, like the, like the, like painting of a cat with like the collage thing. Yeah. I, it's really cool. Did you do that? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's like um, it's very cool. Um, the pacing on that album, as far as track order goes is, is perfect. And I think, I don't know how intentional this is, but for me, when I listen to an album, I like to listen start to finish in order. And I like to think of an album as a, a piece of something like, you know, this is a set of things that are all, and um, you have a, a really nice amount of variation as far as mood and yeah, just like vibe, I guess, and tempo and everything, all kind of staying in the realm of like, I would say techno-ish, yeah. but there's you do I feel like you get like more of your kind of more repetitive stuff happening for a while and then you do a really hard turn um uh with this I I forgot what this, the track is but it's just like a, it kind of slows down and gets really like feels like really cool manipulated samples or something um but yeah I guess my question with all this rambling is how like how intentional was it or I guess this is a better question I think um was there like a, a particular thesis or something that you were yeah. trying to get out with this? Yeah, there definitely was. So I'm extremely kind of like inspired by abandoned malls, abandoned spaces, abandoned mm. places, and like the mm -hmm. overall decay of, I guess, the United States, since that's my frame of reference. I can't yeah. ask for other countries. So the it was it was kind of like an imagining of like a better world but also at the same time like the decay of our current kind of situation mm -hmm. so starting off with the end of work was like this upbeat kind of like disco-y track with a sample from dusty roads um i wanted to ask what that that sample was yeah yeah so the wrestler talking about um somebody getting fired because there was some kind of technological innovation but like my thought was, well, you know, it would be good if we could, you know, tech ourselves into obsolescence. So we didn't have to work. We could just kind of do what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that it started off with that and then um, have some other, I guess, like upbeat, downbeat tracks 
um, kind of in the middle. And then to end it, the last track was called The Inevitable Collapse, kind of like the ending, kind of mixing like, I guess, classical sounds with techno mm -hmm. together. Yeah. So kind of like the finale. Yeah, it so, definitely feels like a cohesive uh, message or like, not message, but like, you know, like, yeah. like what you just described. Um, so I'm, that's, I love that. I love that too. I think that's coming back maybe in the, especially in, in our community with, with the advent of like singles culture and, and, mm -hmm. and everything like, um, I'm happy to see that people are still like making, I guess, concept albums is like, you have a concept. So. Yeah, I definitely felt like, uh, I had a concept there, so I, I should just roll with it. And I made, um, on Procreate, I actually made collages for each track to go along oh, cool. with it. Kind of like the visual I had in mind um, with that. So, yeah, I mean, that was like definitely a concept. I think that my next album is not going to be a concept like so much and more of mm -hmm. just kind of like a showcase. And I definitely think it'll sound better because mm -hmm. I'm kind of, you know, um, not just doing two track recording. Like I was going to ask if you did that because yeah. it, it's it when uh, something that I noticed on this, which which made me like appreciate it more and uh, you know be I, I guess um, impressed by it more, um, or I guess it made more of an impression. I don't like to say impressed by it, but um, it it felt like it was all re like every song felt like a patch that you were playing and recording and it didn't feel multi-tracked. And that's when I, I was just like, wow, this is, this is good synthesis. Like this is, this is really like the way you're controlling and adding the variation and doing the, you know, the different flares with, with feedback. Like I'm picturing you being very hands-on with yes. each one of these performances. And I, and I just like, for as many layers as there are and the variation that you are able to inject into it is just, I don't know. It's just like, that's a level of, of modular that I, I, I haven't achieved. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's very active. And even though mm -hmm. I do do multi-tracks, um, now, I mean, everything that I do is when I'm sitting down to record, it is just like a one shot. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I shouldn't say it's a one shot. I feel like if I do feel like something's not what I want it to be, I, I'll, I'll retake it. But mm -hmm. it's just a straight through, nothing gridded or anything like that. Same here. Like yeah, I usually do like four takes. Yeah. And then pick my favorite one. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like the grid recording. You can do it with the modular stuff, but I just it's no fun for me. So it has to be fun mm -hmm. for people want to do it. Yeah, I don't even like try to figure out what BPM I'm in and then set my DAW to that. Like I don't, so like I don't do any, um, but I also, I, I don't really make like music so much anymore. <laughs> um, like I just like record sounds and make crazy swashes of weirdness. But when I do multi-track, I, I usually will bring my like um, Hydrosynth or my like CP Reface or something like that in if I want to have like control and actually have a melody because I don't like to write melodies on sequencers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I like I like to be able 
you know, if I'm gonna, if I'm really feeling it, I'll bring like the modular setup over closer to like the big synths and I'll play. Um, I feel like that's like always, I always make something like better when I have the whole setup, uh -huh. <laughs> modular stuff. But you know, it is like, it's a lot to set up. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I don't know, there's something um, kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like almost like intimate, you know, being with like just your, your, your little machine in front of you that is, isn't very predictable and kind of listens to you, but also like rewards you in ways that you can't really take credit for. So you're kind of like, Oh, good job, little robot. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, I had another question. I I did this last week. I'm, I'm I've been blanking. Um, right. So okay. So you get these tracks, and it just seems like 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 with the variations and the and the different sequences and the way you're able to switch between them. Like, uh, how long does it take for you to get to to a point where you feel like you have a you have it fleshed out um, structure-wise and performance-wise to where you're like ready to record, or you just kind of record as you go and hope that you grab a good one and it just, like, how does no, that work? I definitely record when I feel like I have something good to record, but I don't know exactly when I, maybe it's like when I, if I added anything else, it would ruin it. Um, yeah, that's how. I, <laughs> that's how I know I'm done is when I try to add another thing, and it's like, okay, that's that's that totally killed it. So take that out and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's different every time. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's like I've been down here for five hours. Like, let's just record this thing, and you know, mm -hmm. keep it mm -hmm. or don't keep it. Um, you know, it's always good. I don't regret recording anything because, you know, I can always make samples out of it later. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's like one of those things that you just know as an artist. Yeah. You know, it's right. funny. I, I ask all these questions, you know, every week to different people. And I, you know, I listen to just amazing music all the time and I get to talk to um, all these amazing musicians and, I ask questions that like, like I don't have these processes that I'm asking you about either. Like I have a lot of the, like your, your, your answers actually sound pretty similar to what I think I would say if somebody asked me. Um, I just think it's funny that I'm always, I think it's because you hear somebody else doing something and you're like, well, they have to be geniuses. They have to be masters at this. And then you know, it's just fun to be like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like do it. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's funny is that, um, I remember watching like an interview with Agnes Varda, mm -hmm. a French filmmaker, and she said, somebody asked her like, oh, you know, in all of your movies, you do such and such. And she's like, I didn't even notice that I was doing something. <laughs> and, you know, it really takes like an outside perspective to kind of mm -hmm. like illuminate certain things that you do as an artist. So I think, I mean, I think that's like, that's special. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. There's, there's something, not to get like wooey about it or anything. Like, I think there, I think you probably could find a, like an actual physical explanation for just about anything. But, you know, we have limited 
hardware and software in our brains. <laughs> and there's, I, I kind of like the mystery of the thing that you like can tap into that, that like, like for instance, and, and I say this, this is uh this is like no attempt at trying to be like a humble brag or sound like mysterious or like a mysterious, like mysterious artist or anything, but like every good artistic idea I've ever had was it felt like it was just given to me. It just showed up in my head. I wasn't sitting there thinking like, I need an idea. It just like popped yeah. into my head. Yes. And it's just like, where the fuck does that come from? So there's, there's like this weird kind of space that, that you can get into mentally yes. that is not totally yours in a way. It feels like you're, I don't know. Well, okay. I don't know. I can't remember um, the exact person that said it, but I remember my painting teacher in college, she said it was like this famous literary, you know, it was famous author that was like, inspiration is like a wind that you like catch in your mind. And if you, you can keep it or you can just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that is definitely like one of those things that has stuck with me. Just like I like that. Happens. Yeah. Just let it kind of happen. Yeah. Totally. I mean, when I've like, I, I make these like short, short, absurd films sometimes. Like when oh, I do like awesome. demo, like instead yeah. of doing demo videos, I make like short and I'm, I'm really stoked on them, but I've only made three. And I was like, I really want to make, I would like to make one every two months or something, but the ideas just don't come to me. And like, I've tried to think of a funny or cool idea to make one of the short films. And I like that just, every time I try it, it doesn't happen. But when the idea pops in my head, like the sequence of scenes and everything, like it almost like all shows up at once Yeah. and I have to go shoot and edit it like right away. Or it's, it's, I don't know what that is. It's very weird. Um, but on this topic, I wanted to ask because I'm, I'm getting super into painting and you're, you're a painter and a musician. Um, something that I've been trying to be cognizant, cognizant of while I'm painting is like, um, seeing if it's, does this scratch the same itch as creating musically and, and, and whatever, whatever, um, dopamine, hit or whatever like whatever's keeping me doing it is it the same as music and um it feels pretty similar to me the the most similar thing to me so far is that kind of like uh becoming the task you know the uh, that loss of time or loss of loss of yourself in the thing where you're not thinking about anything but the thing and you you know i'm not tim i'm not thinking about the bills i have to pay or anything um so how would you contrast the two I think that I think I feel the same way about painting. And I think in high school, I'm when I was in my painting class in high school, I remember the first time that I like lost myself in a task. It was like outside doing ink wash paintings of landscapes. And I remember I was just like in this trance. And then my teacher came over and she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, great. Thank you for <laughs> me out of that. Um, but uh I don't, I, you know what, chemically in your brain, it's probably the same thing, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. It's probably like the same, but I feel like maybe it's, it's different for everybody. People feel differently when they do different things that they love, like eating, 
it's a different feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There must be like different things happening in your mind. Um, but yeah. Yeah. For me, like I really have to like want to do art. Like I want to, I would, I really have to like want to paint, but I don't feel the same way about the modular stuff. Cause I like always am like down to do it. Mm -hmm. always like down to play music but i'm not always down to do art and i don't know why that's funny because i'm kind of feeling the opposite lately and you mentioned that you were like you had a painting teacher so did you go to like art school or yeah i went i went to art school and then i went to like an art high school oh, okay um, yeah which was which was interesting um i wonder if that's the difference because i didn't like go i mean you know, i had like a drawing pad as a kid and had some art classes in high school but like this is the most I've ever been into it. And it's really like all I can think about. It's all I want to do. And it's kind of how it was at the beginning of modular, but like, I want to, I want to paint more than I want to make music. And I just started painting. So well, I wonder if it's maybe a novelty thing. Maybe it's like, you know, falling in love and the, I don't know, first honeymoon phase. Or body, you're just like too super duper. Don't want to ever be away from them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. So on this, on this same topic, then do you feel like you can, um, express yourself or do you think you can more accurately express yourself with one or the other? Mm, I mean, I think music, I can definitely, I definitely feel more expressive. Mm -hmm. um, Me too. Yeah, definitely. Like there's something about painting where I feel like I'm in like too much control. If that makes any sense. Not to me because I suck at it, but I get it if, if I knew what I... <laughs> like I have this like certain expectation of myself when I'm painting. I see. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I don't have when I'm playing music. That's funny. I think there's a weird, there's a weird phenomenon there. Um, and I think that kind of, that kind of um, expectation that you can hang on yourself mm -hmm. can be paralyzing to some and yes. some people will never release anything. And yes. then, yeah, it's like, it's funny how like Dunning-Kruger and uh, uh, like imposter syndrome both can like show up in, in the arts in the sense of like, you could be like, I think I was way too prolific when I first started making music. I probably could have left a couple of those tracks in the, uh, on the uh, storage device, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, you know, people who are, are really talented, but never quite like finish or release things and I just wonder like I mean obviously it has to be a priority and something that you're really into and if you lose that desire then you yeah. may not want to do it but like um I kind of lost what I was talking about but did, like, did that make any sense no it made sense like why do people I don't know I think I think everybody's like different experiences and like the lens through which they see the world kind of influences like how loud they're going to be in trying to promote their art but also feeling like there's like a very supportive community and like the modular space definitely. is mm -hmm. definitely helpful so I, I can't really speak to any other kind of um, I guess art like mm -hmm. if I you know tried to write a poem or something and put it out there you know would people feel like the same way about it as they did my music which I don't right. know if I'm really even on the same topic anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. 
No, this is, I, I just love kind of like spinning, is it spinning yarn? Is that what, is that spinning just like, is, is that, that what the, when you tell stories? Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Well, whatever not. we're doing, I like doing it. Just... Do you remember in elementary school when you would do a thing with the, the yarn? Oh, the, the cat's cradle. Is that what it was called? Yeah. yeah. I never could figure that one out. My wife tried to teach me how to braid hair the other night with our friend, and I just, I think it's per, things that take precision that yes. I can't, I just can't yes. do it. Yes. Um, I think that's why I like modular because like, there's not, I mean, you can get precision, but yeah, you're really just plugging stuff in and turning knobs, you know? So yeah, yeah I'm going to turn knobs until I find something that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mystic, like art to some people i don't know they look at it it's the overwhelming factor mm -hmm. people feel overwhelmed definitely yeah i i always tell people it's simultaneously the easiest and hardest instrument to play yeah for sure because you don't have to have any musical knowledge you could you could be making what sounds like music in a couple weeks you know you can be making stuff that sounds a lot better um than you could if you picked up a, a cello or a guitar or something yes but, yeah. Um, but also good luck making something that doesn't just sound like robots fighting with Our a fax sound. machine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're, we are uh, getting close to the end here, but before we do that, I always like to give the guests an opportunity to, uh, have we, has there anything that we, you wanted to make sure we talked about that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll plug my YouTube, Marie Ann Hedonia. I'm like halfway to a thousand. So that's there you go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have to post more on there. That's like one of those things where like, you know, you feel like you're like a content farm at a certain point and um, it's not really, it's not really great, but you know, you could do what you gotta do. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. Like I really want to grow my YouTube cause I love, I love making the videos that I make, but they just, it's, it's hard to, it's weird because you see, I see the numbers on Instagram. I see the numbers on podcasts and then Bandcamp yeah. and then YouTube. And it's just like, why can't I just make them all match? Like, why doesn't this translate to this? Why doesn't this platform translate to this platform? It's very, it's very, it's a weird mystery that I'm still trying to crack, but also losing interest in trying to crack it. Yeah. I don't even try to think about that. But I have um, another thing, Mismatch Lids, which is a project between myself my husband and um our friend Liv and uh we have an EP coming out I don't know exactly when we're going to release that but it's mastered and it's ready and we shot our music video yesterday and it is oh nice hilarious oh sweet well I'm looking forward to that are you are you doing vocals or so, is that your so my friend my okay. friend our friend Liv um she has like more of a range than me. I'm definitely like the only thing I've done vocals and released is the husband stitch. Okay. I was going to ask about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, I was doing some like tests with some like different effects and vocals. And I'm, I thought like I sounded pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like I could feel comfortable like doing some vocals in the future, but yeah, that's all her and my husband. Nice. Nice. And that's like, is it kind of like, techno poppy almost borderline industrial yeah 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 i think it's like all those things like okay it, like it straddles that line yeah i, I listened to a track um i think i listened to some of the stuff on the instagram page yeah that sounded pretty fun um 
Yeah. So wait, how many projects do you have then? Oh, oh yeah. And then Void Stasis is another project with Christoph Bathory um, and Scott Denman. So Christoph is in a band called Dawn of Ashes. Um, and we actually started, so he was, he's, he's really into the modular stuff and mm -hmm. he, um, kind of reached out to me like last fall about like asking me questions about modular. And then we like started talking to each other and like doing video chats and I would like kind of show them some different modular stuff. And it's really hard to show people modular stuff when they're not right there. Yeah, I bet. Um, but I mean, he's gotten to be like a lot better creating like tracks with modular synths and i mean he has modular synths on the new album that just came out um so yeah i mean i kind of feel like now he is also addicted to modular it's <laughs> like he went from like a half skiff to like a just two skiffs so yeah yeah I'm sorry about that. So, just, yeah i mean he's he really enjoys it. So it's a dark ambient album coming out. Oh, today. very cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, on cryo chamber. So very cool. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I would love to hear yeah, your, your take on dark ambient. Um, oh, and I know we're wrapping up, but I, there's one more thing I wanted to ask. Uh, you don't know, you don't have to tell me all your effects cause you might have too many to name, but like top five most used effect modules. Um, the Modbat modular performer. Okay, I, 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 I really want one of those. Um, the it's not technically not an effect, but I use it as an effect. The make noise cue pass. Okay. I, I know that that's a filter. Um, um, the noise engineering Desmodus Versio. Is, is that the reverb? Yes. Okay. The and then the verbose um, multi delay. Okay amazing okay and hmm, you know what else why don't i just know this off the top of my head the even time <laughs> delay the okay delay. Really uh -huh. like that. that one they they released that was like one of their first modules right like a, they released that a while ago like yeah do they have any more um don't they do mag isn't magneto or whatever that's called isn't that even tight is that even tied or Strymon? Oh, that's Strymon. Oh, I was thinking of a different one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I'm thinking. Maybe I think I. Does it have a like a, a red screen on it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, my friend has that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Stry I get Strymon and um, even tied mixed up. Um, awesome. Well, I yeah, I think I was listening to your effects and I was like, some of this sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on what it is. So I was really curious to ask you what you were using. Um, cool. And then last question, do you want to do a patch challenge? Yeah. Right now. Well, you can do it on your own time. I'll give you the words and then, um, and then you can make it when we're done and then you can just send it over to me. Okay. Yeah. So, um, let me, let me put my, open my trusty notepad that has about 1,000 years of notes on it. <laughs> mine I mine I too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to start trying to generate some words because it's, ooh, that was kind of, what do you, uh, well, the first one it gave me was dull horizon. Ooh, all right. That's so moody. Yeah, right? I, yeah, that's, it's never given me a good one the first time, but I think I like that one. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. 
those awesome. Are, those are the words. Those are the words. And just make right. me a three to five minute track based off those words. And yeah, and I'll play it at the end of the chat. It's just going to be a, a modular um, cover of Vertical Horizons. Um, everything you want. <laughs> ready for that. I know that song. And it's funny, uh, when that song came out, or if it was that one, do they have like two songs or was it just that I, one? No, I think I it was just that one. My friend was convinced that it was about Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, there's no way that this song's about Final Fantasy VII. But it might be. So It's crazy that those two things happened like at the same time. Right? Yeah. It's crazy that Final Fantasy VII is, what is it, 20 years old now? I know, right? <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And now to Marie Anhedonia's Dull Horizon.
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much, Marie and Hedonia, for being a guest and sharing all of your secrets with us. Okay, maybe not all of your secrets, but I think we all learned something today. Thank you to everybody who supports the show on Patreon. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, And for you out there listening, if you would like to help, head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Would mean a lot. What else? Thank you. Two, Mystery Circles for putting out this awesome album, Podular Modcast and Friends. I've never had my my music on uh, vinyl before, and I'm almost there. <laughs> we got Lisa Belladonna. We got Daedalus. We got Sarah Bell Reed. We got Lemon Jaya. We got Space Racer. And then I remixed all their tracks for the side B. Uh, super fun. All proceeds go to a good cause, Mary's Place, helping women, children, and families out of houselessness. I made some music videos for uh, three of my remixes. So far, I've got a couple more to do. Those are on the Podular Modcast YouTube page. Thank you to everybody over at Patchworks Seattle. I love Patchworks so much and such a great crew. I ran into my buddy Nick Bigelow. If you uh, watch Patchworks videos on YouTube, you know Nick. Uh, we ran into each other at the Deerhoof concert, which was amazing. I love Deerhoof. Um, head over to patchworks.com for all your synthesizer needs. And while you're there, why don't you peruse the After Later audio section? And if you wonder what some of these After Later audio uh, modules do, head on to their YouTube page and, and check out some of the cool demos that I've made. I'm working on more. And uh, I would love it if you checked them out. Big ups to Hugo from Tiny Crush Mixing. Um, don't mix stuff yourself. Just if, especially if it's something you really care about. If, if, if you're making art that you feel is coming from the depths of your soul, you want it to sound like it's coming from the depths of your soul. And a good mix is going to be absolutely integral to that. So head over to tinycrushmixing.com. And I forgot to mention this, but Podular Modcast listeners get a 10% discount over at tinycrushmixing.com. So uh, yeah, you want to save some money and get a very professional mixing job done, check out the link in the show description. What else is there? Probably not much. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. It's a pleasure. We're almost to 200 episodes. Have a really fun returning guest uh, for that. I'll keep that a secret for now. This week's secret word is... Oh, what is it? Um, Sea turtles. <laughs> <laughs>